Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today my guest is Anne-Louise Gittleman, and we're going to be talking about radical longevity, the powerful plan to sharpen your brain and reverse the symptoms of aging. Anne-Louise Gittleman is a trend-setting pioneer in the health and healing arena. She holds an MS in nutrition education at Columbia University, a CNS certified nutrition specialist from the American College of Nutrition, and a PhD in holistic nutrition. The award-winning author of more than 35 books, including several New York Times bestsellers, Gittleman has also served as the chief nutritionist of the pediatric clinic at Bellevue Hospital and is the former director of nutrition at the Pritikin Longevity Center in Santa Monica, California. She's a highly respected as an international leader in diet, nutrition, and the environment. I always love learning from Anne-Louise, and I hope that you enjoy her new book, Radical Longevity, and enjoy this podcast. So welcome, Anne-Louise. It's so exciting to see you. And it's so exciting to be here with my new book, Radical Longevity, Dr. Schaffner. How are you? I'm so well, and I always learn so much from you. And this is such an important topic. And, you know, I um, am beginning to ask some of my patients as they, I have a lot of patients from all ages, and some of my patients, you know, are now in midlife. And I'm always like, are we on the 120-year plan or 180 <laughs> plan? So, and I had my daughter late in life. And so I am all about how to stay healthy and young so we can live a long, healthy lives. So I'm so glad that you put all of your wisdom in this wonderful book. And yeah, absolutely. And you know, you've done so much work in the realm of detoxification. And when we look at really longevity, right, I think we can really look at leading a long and healthy life is result of really our environmental burden as well as our nutritional lifestyle and our deficiencies. And so can you just lead us into like really what you think are the main things we need to think about and living a long, healthy life? Well, first of all, I think aging is a privilege. It's truly a privilege. It's a privilege that's granted to far too little of us, to far too few of us. So we have to be very grateful for our body, mind, and spirit that we're living as long as we are. I don't see why we can't be living to 100 and beyond, and we need to just replicate what the super agers do. And there are two things that people don't look at, if I may be so bold, and just dive right in. I don't think they're looking at the toxic accumulation of iron as we grow older and grow more fit and strong. And they're not looking at the accumulation of the divalent or the synthetic inorganic copper. So those are two areas that I shed a light on in the book, which I think is exceedingly important because a lot of brain issues are connected to the stockpiling of iron in the brain and the plaque and the neutrofibrillary tangles. And I think it's one of the reasons people are growing older. We're rusting and calcifying far too quickly in this day and time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great point. And, you know, to be honest, you know, iron metabolism is something that I'm always trying to study and learn and we know on one level, iron deficiency can create a lot of problems, but you know, iron overload and iron excess can create all of this inflammation and have an affinity to the brain as well. And so why are we accumulating iron and putting it in all the wrong places? Well, we're accumulating it because we because it's actually a growth factor. So the point being is that when we get too old and we're not eliminating it, it can become a detoxification issue for, for many of us. Women menstruate every month, so we're getting rid of iron. You don't see the kind of heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and even some of the neurological issues you start to see with men of the same ages. But as women stop menstruating, we start to get the same neurological issues, the heart disease, the diabetes, and the cancer. And a lot of that is because of the free radical triggering that iron really starts in the system because we're accumulating it over so many years. But you're getting it from your iron-rich vitamins and minerals. You're getting it from the iron-rich fortification of foods and by eating too much meat without an iron blocker. So it's so important when you're eating iron-rich foods to drink some wine, some green 
green tea or some even black coffee. I think the reason the French paradox is so paradoxical is because they're stopping the iron production in the system. They're actually blocking iron. The people that live the longest have the lowest ferritin levels in the world. Oh, wow. That's really fascinating. And do you have any lab ranges? Because again, we're all, you know, we're all trained a lot to think about. The healthiest lab ranges are much lower than what the standard lab is going to show on the testing. The standard lab will show anywhere from 100 to 300 as being normal. I guess it's NG slash ML. Mm-hmm. But what's considered to be healthy with the superagers or the people that live the longest in the blue zones and, and throughout the world is between 50 and 70 NG mm. slash ML. So what you have to do is, the most important thing you can do after listening to the podcast is get your ferritin levels, which is your stored iron, and start giving blood. I mean, I really must take credit for the research, knowing of, uh, I'm taking credit for knowing how important the research is, not because I did the research, but because nobody was putting a real focus on it. And because of this, I've saved so many people's lives who have looked at the book and gotten their iron levels tested, and they're ranging from nearly a thousand and don't have hemochromatosis. So these are people that were stockpiling iron because of too much red meat, too much paleolithic diet type regimens, maybe too much keto. Too much of everything is not good, and they were taking too much iron in their vitamins and minerals. They started giving blood every two weeks, and they're now down to around 100 NG per per ml. So it's really an issue that needs to be monitored. Doctors don't take ferritin levels. It's exceedingly important. You'll save so many people's lives by doing so. Mm, I love that. And, uh, you know, it's an easy solution once you find the problem and giving blood. And um, one of the things that I'm thinking about too, Emily's, uh, that there can be this other mechanism too of how ferritin gets deposited in the brain. And so what I've learned over the years too, is that over time, the, uh, the veins in the neck can become stenotic and then the blood doesn't flow out of the brain as well. And then there can be pulling of blood in the brain and around how interesting. the pulling, there can be iron deposits and that can be kind of where the, they done a lot of studies around MS, there could be these white matter lesions around venules. And so there can be that role of iron in the brain and neurological conditions like that. But it just makes me think of like all of these things, and this should be in any preventative panel. And, you know, naturopathic and functional medicine doctors do this pretty well. But as you said, the average, you know, primary care is not going to check your uh, ferritin. So if you're listening out there, please check your ferritin. Are there any other clues in blood chemistry that you like when assessing um, iron overload or iron status? Do you like looking at the CBC and looking at any in that way? I always look at CBC because we're seeing very low white blood counts. Now, I don't see that necessarily correlated with iron, but some kind of metal toxicity and some kind of viral overload. I'm seeing people whose white blood cells are less than five. I think you have to be from five to six to be actually normal. I'm seeing a lot of threes, twos, and even some fours. So whatever's going on, we're getting a weakened immune response to all the toxins in the environment, be it virus, be it bacteria, be it GMOs, be it glyphosate, be it nanoaluminum from all the sprays that are going on in the atmosphere. So you have to be on constant vigilance to make yourself an invisible fortress. So getting older ain't for sissies, my darling. <laughs> well said, well said. Hey, you know, we chose to incarnate during this time, but you know, we're up against a lot, right? And so it's I, I think we all have to be looking at all of these things. And you know, we talked about iron and so I want everyone to go out there and check their ferritin. And then copper. So copper is this kind of elusive, very misunderstood mineral as well. Um, so can you tell us what we should know about copper? Well, copper is a double-edged sword. A small amount of copper is actually a very important micro-mineral, important for your collagen, important for your keratin, important for your skin, hair, and nails, important for your 
tendons important for your ligaments. But too much of the wrong kind of copper can also stockpile just like iron. So we're looking at the divalent, not the monovalent. The food-based copper is perfectly healthy, but we're looking for the copper that's coming from a copper IUD or the copper that's in your fillings or the copper from the copper pots and pans or even the copper pipes. I had a researcher that contacted me during the writing of the book. His name is Dr. George Brewer of the University of Michigan. He feels that the upsurge in Alzheimer's is directly related to the upsurge of all the copper water pipes that are going through the country in this day and time. At least two-thirds of us have copper water pipes in our homes. You see, the divalent copper, the body has no method of disembodying, of really metabolizing, so it goes directly to the brain, unlike food-based copper, which can be metabolized by the liver. So we've got two types of copper, which nobody recognizes either. People are writing about copper dysregulation all over the place. It's not that copper is good or bad, but there's a right kind of copper and there's a wrong kind of copper. So you shouldn't be taking copper sulfate. You shouldn't be taking copper in your vitamins and minerals. You only want food-based copper in whole foods like liver, desiccated liver. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot more you know, glandulars and, you know, products on the market now that you can actually take liver in a capsule if you don't want to, you know, be eating it. And I, I like to, you know, I feel more confident in that as well. And how do you like to measure copper if we can, um, you know, see kind of if we have the right kind of copper or the wrong kind, kind of copper in our body? Well, that's very hard to measure. So I haven't found a measurement that really measures the divalent versus the monovalent, but I like the oligo scan. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I love that. Yeah. So we see a lot of that. And we're seeing either too low or too high. I think it's much more accurate than the hair test. So if you've got too low in the copper, you've got to get that desiccated liver, maybe in the pills and some kind of glandular. You've got to also balance your zinc, your manganese, your molybdenum, and your sulfur. So copper, it's a real linchpin for so many things, and it's got to be the right kind of copper. Mm-hmm. And You'll just- also keep your hair dark, naturally dark. Hey, there we go, right? <laughs> Actually, we have that oligo scan, and for people who don't know that, it uses something called uh, spectrophotometry. So it's using light and principles of resonance to measure minerals and heavy metals in the tissues. And so it can give us a good real-time, you know, snapshot on, you know, heavy metal status as well, well as mineral status. So that's a great way to check that. Wonderful tool, and it's very underrated and underappreciated. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely agree. I, I learned to use that really to identify aluminum in the body because I feel like that has a very... What else, you know what we're seeing with this oligo scan? We're also doing spectra scans as well. Oh, cool. So I'm seeing a lot of deficiencies there, but we're seeing a lot of cadmium, a lot of cadmium, aluminum, and fluoride. When people can't lose weight, I'm seeing a ton of fluoride in their systems. So we're seeing fluoride, cadmium, mercury, not as much arsenic as I thought, and uranium. Yeah, uranium is an interesting one, right? I, and I've even seen that in the provocation tests, especially my patients in Southern California, I think, because of um, potentially exposures in the water supply. But yeah, so many more metals than we would ever think of. And the fluoride piece kind of going back to the brain, I mean, let's talk about aluminum and fluoride. But even, you know, fluoride can, of course, affect the thyroid, and it can affect the pineal gland. And I actually have a local dentist here who does 3D comb beams when I'm evaluating cavitations and those types of things. And she can look at people's pineal glands through the 3D imaging and see the Oh, no kidding. Is she seeing yeah. a lot of calcification? Yeah. Yes. Because, you know, we've always known that, right? And I've seen pictures. And you know, So we're, we're currently using boron, three milligrams of boron to decalcify and oxysulfur. What are you using? You know, um, you know, all the things I like melatonin, you know, and also I look at the pineal gland too from 
not only using melatonin, but getting the aluminum and the glyphosate out of the, you know, pineal gland as well to help the, the body clear the fluoride. I mean, I think of fluoride, aluminum, glyphosate, EMF when I'm thinking about the pineal gland, but melatonin is oh, a great thing. Oh, and the fluoride, yeah, I know. <laughs> somehow we're, somehow how we all go to bed and, you know, we're all here, right? Um, in light of all of this. So, Anne Louise, tell me about, maybe let's circle back to aluminum because of the cognitive effects of aluminum. So any tools or any anything in your book around aluminum that you are excited about? Well, to you want to get rid of it, number one, as much as you can. So you want to reduce your exposures. That means no aluminum foil. Aluminum is a non-magnetic mineral. So if you, it's actually a metal, a non-magnetic metal. So if you take a magnet, it won't stick. And that means it's aluminum. So that's number one. So get rid of it in your cooking, get rid of it under your arms, get rid of it in your teeth. Mm-hmm. But I think that some of the, the best chelators of aluminum are pepsin because because it actually interacts with pepsin in the, in the system and is very astringent, oh, magnesium cool. and silica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use a lot of silica. Uh, I don't use malic acid enough, but I know that comes up. But yeah, silica is kind of my go-to. Cilantro, there's some good research. And then you know, just all the things that we do to detoxify the body, I do think help over time with aluminum. But and of course, there's homeopathic alumina, alumina 6X to 30C. Yeah, I like that to mobilize it as well. That's a really great point. You know, there's so many toxins, whether they're normal minerals that we think of like copper, and then we touched on aluminum and heavy metals. And then in your book, you also talk about you know, how to produce what we would call youth-defined stem cells. So it's kind of like, okay, we need to address toxicity and deficiencies, but we also want to stimulate our body's ability to heal and repair and regenerate. So how are, how should we think about that? We should be sleeping. <laughs> we should be sleeping. We should be sleeping through the night so that our, so that our bone marrow can make all these wonderful eusicizing cells. And I think that's where bone marrow glandulars come into play. Mm-hmm. Do you have any um, favorite, like for glandulars, you know, again, we want to make sure people are getting good, clean sources. Do you have any There's one in particular, Ancestral Formulas, I think is the name of it. It's my favorite. It's my personal favorite. Yeah, I I really love them. Um, Paleo Valley has some good ones. But again, you want to make sure that, you know, the animals are, you know, well-treated and, you know, not toxic. as And that they don't do drugs and that they're clean. And yes, so it's ethically and morally and integrity on all levels. Yeah, absolutely. So great. So now that that's an interesting insight into sleep because I I always think about okay the lymphatic system and hormonal regulation and you know the immune system, but I don't always think about the bone marrow and you know in the during sleep. So that's a a great pearl. How about, you know, we look at the environment in our home, right? So we look at our home environment and how we can, you know, reduce exposures in our home and have really a healing, you know, sanctuary, if you will, um, when we're at home. But what do you think is the number one brain aging hazard in our homes these days? It's either your cast iron pot or pan that's in your kitchen or your microwave oven. So I'll give you your choice. I'm I'm actually surprised that people still use microwaves, to be honest. Oh, they still do, and they leak. Yeah. You can take an EMF meter, and you can measure it up to 300 feet sometimes. Mm -hmm. Do you have any hacks for people who are just attached to the microwave, just obviously use the stove? Get out of the room while your food is cooking. Yeah, I haven't, you know, a microwave in my home for years, so I always forget that people still use them, but it's a, it's a really important thing. 
to think about. And then you said the things in our kitchen, like our cooking pots and things. Because a lot of iron, you know, going back to the iron, which of course is one of my favorite topics and one of the major ones that I cover in Radical Longevity because of its connection with the brain issues. I think a lot of people don't realize that they're using cast iron pots and pans and you're getting a load of iron every time you're cooking, even if it's well seasoned. I had somebody that brought down their ferritin levels by 50 points a little over three weeks just by getting rid of the iron pot and pan. That's still pretty remarkable. And, you know, in the cook, uh, you know, in the kitchen, we have the cast iron, you know, pans and also aluminum, right? Can be, you know, hidden in our uh, pots and pans as well. So yeah, that's why you've got to do a radical longevity detox of the kitchen. Very, very important. I personally like cooking in stainless steel, high grade stainless steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you go through that in your book, how to, you know, really evaluate your kitchen. Because I don't think people are paying attention to that, do you? And they're, they're no. cooking with these air fryers and all these high heat methods, which is really destroying the food and preventing the um, detoxification of advanced glycation end products. Mm-hmm. So we need low heat cooking, low with a lot of moisture, braising, stewing, poaching, and papa load, not the high heat roasting, grilling, and frying. Mm-hmm. Well said. Very well said. Uh, do you have any favorite, while we're just talking about this, any favorite cooking oils that you like? Because I know that can be a... The best cooking oil, which does not disintegrate and has a high smoke point, would probably be macadamia nut oil. Mm-hmm. I love macadamia nuts. I don't cook enough with macadamia nut oil. That's a great tip. You put a little drop in there. A little drop will do you. It's just wonderful. Or algal oil. There's one called algal, A-L-G-A-L. That's a new oil on the market. And there's a pecan oil that's very good in terms of its ability to withstand the heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's really great tips. And then um, you talk also in your book about this unexpected forbidden food that can help make us feel younger. It helps our skin, our joint, our eyes. Oh. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> talking about hemp, hemp, hooray. We're talking about hemp seed oil. Yes. I mean, it's an omega-6, but let's face it, not all omega-6s are created equal. So this is a good omega-6 with gamma-linolenic acid. It feeds your skin from the inside and the out. Two weeks on two tablespoons of hemp seed oil will give your your skin a real glow on the inside and the outside, and it gets rid of eczema and psoriasis. Very, very healing for the skin. You think omega-6, think skin. Yeah. Do you have a brand that you like? Uh, feel free to share. Uh, the one that I like is Nutiva. Nutiva? Okay. You know, a lot of information right now, right, um, from the hemp world, we think about only like CBDs and, you know, that sort of thing. But looking at the, you know, the whole oil um, and the, the ratio of omega-6s, I think that's yeah, a really overlooked. Um, it should be four to one in favor of omega-6. They got it all wrong. Everybody is just downing omega-6s because they just don't know the research of the literature. I mean, I had a, I had a big argument with Dr. Mercola the other several months ago. But I'm right, he's wrong, because we're females, we know our bodies best. And we need the, we need the GLA for our menstruation, we need it for our PMS, beyond PMS, menopause, and so on and so forth. And you need it for your skin and your sex life, so GLA is here to stay. Yeah, I love that, I love that. You know, I've used evening primrose over the years, but it's nice to look at this with hemp, and I, I agree with you. I know Dr. Mercola is very wise and smart, but in this one, I'll take your word. <laughs> Thank you. We women have to stick together. I know. Oh, definitely. There's not enough of us here. <laughs> you know, when we were talking, we, you know, you have this point of how me search t- turned into the research. So can you share a little bit about that? Well, it's, you know, I'm getting older as we all are. 
So you're wanting to look at those things that are going to keep you feeling good until 120, God willing. And so it's, you know, when you get older, you discover body parts you never knew existed. Your <laughs> eyes, for example, start acting up. Your your joints start acting up. Maybe a, a, a knee or maybe a hip or maybe an ankle. So you've got to do whatever you can to kind of get things rolling. And I'm very sensitive. I'm kind of the canary in the coal mine. So I figure if it's good for me, it's going to be 10 times better for everybody else. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I have a lot of sensitive patients in my office and in my practice, and they teach me so much. And so, no, I, I appreciate you sharing what has worked in your life. I'm sure people were thinking, okay, you probably do obviously everything you've shared, but are there any tips that you use within your own daily routine that you haven't talked about to keep you feeling so vibrant? Yes, I take a dog dewormer. Which one? <laughs> Penbendazole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I take the Penbendazole on a daily basis. You get a, you get Penbendazole on the internet. It's the Panicure C for a 10-pound dog. And the magic of the Fenbendazole is it keeps away parasites. It's a sugar blocker, good for diabetes or any sugar metabolism issues such as metabolic syndrome. But it also triggers the P53 gene, which is a tumor suppression gene. So it's anti-cancer as well. It gets rid of the cancer microtubules. There's tremendous research that's being done on the, on the topic, and I take it in my power drink every single day. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, because I think about, you know, as we talked about, you know, again, reducing the toll the environment takes on our bodies, you know, repleting us with nutrients. But I think, like you said, just like we need to think about all these nutritional elements, we need to think about how we can really keep at bay, you know, parasitic infections and dysbiosis and overgrowth of these opportunistic pathogens that can get out of hand if we don't put pressure on them on a regular basis. So that's definitely a pro tip. <laughs> it's a really good tip because it was used by a gentleman that had um, four-stage small cell lung cancer and he had three months to live and he just took this, didn't do anything else, and he was cancer-free. It saved yeah. 50,000 people. And if it can cure cancer, can you imagine what it can do to a relatively healthy person? Yeah, yeah, and relatively simple as well. I'm all in for Fen Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we haven't touched on and how I've known your work over the years is all the wonderful things that you have done to educate us on the role of bile and how you, you know, shared and taught us all how to take care of our livers. So have you woven that into the book or when we're thinking about longevity, how should we take care of our livers and our gallbladders and our biliary system? Well, the liver is so important because it's your men detox organ. So I'm in love with the liver. I use a homeopathic on a daily basis. I use Nux Vomica because I think it's the most important homeopathic for the liver that nobody's using, and it's so gentle, so I'm doing a 30C for my liver. I also take a high dose of sulforaphane. It's an activated sulforaphane because of all the um, phase two elements, it's the most potent to detoxify some of the oil-soluble toxins, actually the water-soluble toxins at that point. So I find that it's exceedingly helpful for liver cleansing, liver health, liver support, liver repair. And then, of course, the bile is important, so you've got to be taking something that can metabolize the bile, like choline on a daily basis. That will not only thin the bile, but it will also defat the liver. If you've got non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, 500 milligrams of choline three times a day is the way to go to kind of get your liver back to normal. Get a skinny liver instead of a fatty liver. <laughs> I love that. And that's on the rise, the non-alcoholic fatty liver. 25 to 30 million people, my God. But choline is so deficient. When we take the spectrocell analysis, I find that it's very deficient. So everybody's on choline. It's like my latest find, choline to the rescue. Do you use phosphatidylcholine as well or just choline alone? I use plain choline. 
Mm-hmm. And I use a little sunflower less than for the phosphatidylcholine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably less expensive for people and a lot easier to do. I put one in a smoothie and one I take a pill every day. Have you shared everything that's in your smoothie yet or are you holding out on this? I'm trying to think. The fenbendazole is the latest because of the research that was done by Joe Tippins. And then I put in, um, I've got the silica for anti-aluminum. I, I have a liquid silica, oligosilica. Beans powder from Uniki Health Systems. It's got celery leaves in there, which I adore. Mm-hmm. I'm also putting in a sulfur. It's a sulfur salt from Himalaya. It's called black sulfur. It's called black salt, I think. And I put a little bit of that in, which tastes like rotten eggs. So I really... <laughs> you know it's hatch, working, yeah. <laughs> down the hatch for that. And then I put in fast food because I've got some calcification going on with all the writing that I've done in my neck and my my jaw and my teeth over the years so I've got to decalcify a little bit so that's where the fast food comes into play. Iodine, I'm taking 10 drops of Lugo solution iodine. I'm taking a little bit of untoasted sesame seed oil because it's so helpful for the T-cells. Mm-hmm. I, I put that in a glass of water and I put that in a little bit of Vitality C which is my high vitamin C. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's my drink every single morning. I'm going to change my drink up. There's definitely some, you know, things that I'm not using yet. So, yeah, you know. Especially, uh, but the fenbendazole doesn't taste like anything. The iodine, however, does. Yeah. You know, in this, in we talked, I think, um, a few years ago when this whole, um, you know, pandemic thing was happening. And so any immune boosting tools or immune support that are new to you that you're thinking about as we go into the fall? And Yes, you've got to get a humidifier, not more than 60% because it can get a little moldy and you don't want mold in your humidifier. But the point being is that you need to keep the, the, the nostrils very well nourished and very well lubricated. So a little humidity in the air will go a long way. It's one of the most important factors for keeping food free. Mm, that's Yeah, I haven't heard that. That's a great... Um... It's a biggie. It's in my first rule, immunity is everything. So mm-hmm. just get a cheap humidifier between 40 to 60% is what you want to keep the house on a day, weekly basis. I mean, there's studies out of Harvard that show how important this is. This isn't just hearsay. This has been well studied. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, easy, you know, easy to do, right? Easy peasy, yes. So, Anne Louise, we've covered a lot, and I want people to, of course, get your book and learn more. Uh, but is there anything else that we haven't covered or anything else on your heart or your mind to share with the audience today? Well, I definitely think getting rid of the iron is so important. The fenbendazole to get rid of, God forbid, any kind of cancer that could be brewing anywhere in your body. I think that's very important. The right kind of iodine is important. The right kind of silica to get rid of aluminum. And to be grateful that we're here living in such challenging times because it's, they're challenging, they're interesting, they're different than anything we've ever encountered before. And I think we're going to develop more integrative and more effective ways of overcoming all the challenges that are assaulting us on a daily basis. I know that I'm an optimist. And so even though these are challenging times, I do hold to the, you know, the thought and the hope that, you know, there is so much silver linings to look at. Oh, um, there is. I'll drink you that. Yeah. <laughs> and my structured water with my structured water. My electrolyte vitamin C structured water here. <laughs> Cheers. Well, thank you, Anne Louise. So how can people find out more about you and go get your book? AnneLouise.com. A-N-N-L-O-U-I-S-C.com. Great. Well, it's always an honor to talk to you, and I always learn so much. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. You're a sweetheart. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Anne Louise Gittleman. 
Please check out her book, Radical Longevity. And if you want to learn more about Anne Louise, check out her website that's listed in the show notes. And if you've been enjoying these podcasts, I would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And I hope you have a beautiful day.